Good morning, Life Church. I'm John. This is my beautiful wife, Jamie. Uh, we've been married 30 years. And uh, we haven't done a lot of these meetings, but uh, we do have a book table in the back. Uh, I, was, I was cleaning out the basement the other day, and I found it, so I just brought it over to get rid of it. Anyway, um, our children are here, most of our children. And um, we were presented with our first grandchild four weeks ago, so she's in the house also. The prettiest girl in the room, sorry girls. And I know what a lot of you guys are thinking, wow, he's a new grandfather? He looks a lot older than that. But anyway, uh, we're here today. Uh, the Lord has laid a word on our heart uh, in preparation for our healing service. And um, we're both going to speak together. Uh, the plan is uh, for us to approximately speak uh, half the time each, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Right, honey? Uh, go ahead. Let me introduce you to the glory, huh? I was totally undone. I hope you know what I'm talking about. Be, be comfortable in the glory. I've said that before. This is the presence and the glory of God, what happened today. When you go in that place with him, you die. Because the temple is filling up with the fire of God and the presence of God, and you don't stay in that place. He fills you up with the dunamis power of the promise of the Holy Spirit, him. He is filling the temple. Hallelujah. I want us to go in a little deeper today. I did not know we'd go in that far. So only God knows what's going to happen here. We've worked all week on this, and I told John I just don't think it's possible I see what God does. So let's pray. John, I've got my Kleenex. Mm -hmm. You need to start doing that when you come up here. <laughs> Did you want to pray? Thank you, Lord, for your day, this day. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that your word separates, cuts, and divides those things that need to be cut and separated and divided. We embrace it. We welcome it. We welcome you. We, we love you. Tenderize and speak to our hearts today afresh. We're fully poured out right now, just yielding to you. You're the only one we want to see in this place right now, not, not ourselves, not John and I. We want to see and hear by the Spirit alone what it is you have to say to our hearts. Amen. So we're on the series uh, this year from Daniel, Those That Know Their God, will be strong and do exploits. We're in the being strong part. And a few weeks ago, Dan talked about from the book of Joshua, where uh, Moses had died. God told uh, Joshua, be strong now, be of good courage. And in uh, chapter 3, verse 5, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And I'm here to say that tomorrow is today. This is the day the Lord is going to do wonders among us. As we pray uh, in a little bit here for people, we're going to see amazing things. I fully believe it. But the Lord had told them to sanctify themselves first. And we want to talk a little bit about that today. 
sanctify, to sanctify means to set apart or to make holy. And so it implies, when we're to sanctify ourselves, it implies that there are steps we should take in our lives to get rid of anything that would keep us from walking in that holiness or, or uh, presence of God. Jesus has already made us holy by what he's done on the cross. But there's things we can do then to partake of that holiness, to walk it out, to allow, to allow it to manifest in our lives. And so the Lord had given us uh, six, uh, six steps, if you will, in the process of sanctification that we want to go through quickly. And in keeping of the tradition of this house, they all start with the same letter. In this case, R. You know, the, uh, the healing verse today, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And that's the key to living in health and victory is a prosperous soul. A soul, our attitudes, our thoughts, our mind, our emotions, things like that. We want those to be sanctified, set apart, made holy. And that means we want to take out everything that would clutter our thinking, clutter our minds today. So the very first uh, R word that, the God, that God gave us was the word recognize. Uh, a few weeks ago, the verse had come from the... Uh, book of revelations when jesus was talking to the churches and to each one or most of them he was saying you know i have this against you i have somewhat against you the one he said you've lost your first love uh so go back and repent and do the things that you first did another church he told them you become lukewarm uh, and so he was getting them to recognize that they had certain things in their lives that needed to be addressed and so when we're talking about recognizing we always want to be in a place where we're humble before the Lord, where we're uh, allowing him to speak to us and actually taking the time to, to zero in on things in our lives that he wants to highlight. Amen. So uh, going back to the table, which came out of, which is not out back there, of, of the stuff out of our garage that John mentioned, we don't have a table. But we did do some remodeling in the house, and uh, it really included a lot of tedious work on our part, a lot of resolve. There were things that were broken. There was more clutter than I could believe in my house. But man, when we got done cleaning out and running to Goodwill and throwing things out and gutting that house, um, it really felt good. It felt we were clean. We felt lighter. We felt freer. We could soar again, you know? And, Fill it up again, I guess, but I hope not. But anyway, but before that, before we just we, can't find our shoes. That's well, no, I hope it's okay. Amy said we could think outside the box. I'm like, these shoes gotta go. So I hope that's all right with everybody. We're getting, we're we're pretty real. Those of you that know us, I mean, we're just gonna be real here. So anyway, um, I. I had a dream before this remodeling thing, and um, oh my word, I was making cinnamon rolls. They were a sloppy mess. I couldn't get a grip. I, I was looking at other people in the room, and they're like making these perfect cinnamon rolls. I was comparing. They were looking at mine. And I was just like in trouble. And I thought, what a weird dream. So I went downstairs, and I thought I better study out the word. I really love words, and I study words, and I look at words a lot. And so I looked at the word clutter, and I thought, why did you give me such a weird dream, you know? So I found out that the, the word clutter means disorder, rubbish, confusion. And in the late Middle English, um, it means to clot. Um, 
it can mean background echoes. Do you ever get cluttered in your mind? You know, where you just clot it up. <laughs> your negative self-image will come out of that. Um, the, the clutter of our lives makes us lose sight of the, the right now that is a deeper, more wonderful reality that is awaiting us. So in, in working through this word that we, we believe the Lord has given us, we recognize and we go back to that first love thing. You know, when I was thinking about that, I always got stuck on the, go back and remember. Doesn't God say that in Revelations? Go back and remember. So I'd always, I mean forever, I'd say, what did I do? And I want to remember and I want to do the word. And so, but you know what? The Holy Spirit spoke to me. The first thing I did was repent. That's the first thing I did. I'm like, yeah, wow, you're right. And what happened after I repented, I, the shackles of my heart began to fall, and I could begin to see and hear the Lord a little clearer. And um, I look at um, clutter and lukewarm, warm, lukewarm as uh, disconnect. So if you think about your husband or your wife or your friends or your neighbors or family members, whatever, if this connection is broke, it's probably because of lack of communication, a lack of intimacy. But you know, God's so faithful. He's so good and he's love. He's waiting and longing for us to come. And you know, if I'm the only one in the room with John and we're not talking, I cannot know his heart, his passions, his voice, you know? So this lukewarm uh, God says, um, I'll, he, Luke, God says about the lukewarm church, not that I want you to become more spiritual. He says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And that's harsh. He's like, you know what, I really want a cold, refreshing drink of water, or I really want a nice, hot, soaking bath. I want to, you know, he's specific. He, he wants us to do something more than this cold, in, just lukewarm thing with, with him. Um, so anyway, those are my thoughts so, on, on recognizing. Right, and she brought up the next word, repent. And just quickly here, to repent means to uh, have a change of mind, a change of heart, a uh, reversal of course. And, you know, we all know about re repenting, but many times we're, you know, we kind of almost do it mechanically, like, okay, Lord, I repent. I, I see this in my life and I repent. But uh, there's an interesting verse in 2 Corinthians 7. Paul talked about a godly sorrow that led us to repentance. In the Passion Translation, it said, God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. So the point is that sometimes we really want to humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, touch my heart with what you're feeling. Um, you know, how, how my sin or my disobedience or whatever it may be touches you and grieves you. Because that then will allow us to enter into what he's, what he's feeling. And obviously there's no condemnation or anything like that. We're living on the right side of the cross in victory in Christ. We're not trying to earn anything from God. But it's a matter of increasing our intimacy and our fellowship with him when we can allow him to touch our heart and say, wow, oh, I see how you feel about that situation, Lord. That brings about a more uh, lasting repentance in our lives. 
Anything on that? I do. <laughs> so, um, you know, once I, these scales started falling off my heart, I just got like this really radical deliverance and salvation where I just kind of rolled down the window and yelled at people, hey, Jesus loves you, and then I'd take off, you know. And I was just, I mean, John and I, when we got married, thought, we're just going to the bars, we'll jump on the tables, we'll tell people Jesus loves us, you know. But then we had babies and life, and I don't know what happened. We, we were good people. We did a lot of really good things in God. But, you know, our hearts were just in... My, I shouldn't speak for John, but, um, you know, I read a story about Brenda Kilpatrick. She was the uh, pastor, Kilpatrick, from Brownsville Revival. Her heart, um, um, before the revival, she shared that she walked with the Lord in ministry for 30 years, but her heart was so dry, she was so parched, and she sought the Lord and, and begged the Lord to reveal to her, you know, and the next thing you know, she broke out in revival at church. So seemingly good things even uh, can um, not be what God wants to get a hold of, you know, so it can be, it could be a seasonal, I, I don't know, but we just always need to search our heart before the Lord by the Spirit, you know. Um, I want to talk about um, our, this prosperous soul. She sang about it today or, or spoke about it in Third John, you know, that I believe uh, God says, um, I, I, be, um, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health. So to prosper and be in good health, this is a soul issue. You know, your will, your mind, your emotions, your actions, your intellect, your belief, your desires, your thoughts. These are all the soul things. And our soul gets wounded by words um, that are spoken, by um, sins that we do intentionally or unintentionally, not even knowing it, in, you know, um, ignorance, not being, you know, walking close with the Lord to get that conviction of the Spirit, which is is a good thing. But anyway, um, God wants that healed. It's a requirement to hold more of him. It's got to go, you know. So we, the wounded soul gets touched by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. The dunamis, miraculous moving power of God in us heals that wounded soul. So when we get saved, it's it's healed, our old sin nature is healed, but we still walk through this life. And so we are always needing to be under the blood and cleansing and letting God reveal something. Let me share you something quickly. I was working this word, and I asked the Lord, um, just, you know, give me an example. And, and a memory came to me. Uh, from about 10 or 15 years ago, and I prayed through it many times. I had thought I was pretty free from it, but you know, I never really applied the miraculous dunamis power of the Holy Spirit to that word and, and that repentance, and he reminded me of that moment, and do you know what happened? I looked at that scene, because it's a scene you replay over and over in your mind. And you wonder, why am I, oh, I'm sinning again. And why did I replay that memory again? And we need to cut off, right? So the memory came again. And I, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, forgive me for my unforgiveness towards them. These, there were three in that scenario that I was replaying. 
forgive them. And I saw specific points of um, areas that God, I would want God to touch in their lives, whether it be uh, anger and, and bitterness in one, um, apathy in the other, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So anyway, I did that, and then another memory came. And I did it with that memory. And uh, the next thing you know, I got a picture of a burr. I'm not that smart, guys. It was a black, uh, clingy. Did you ever walk in a forest and get it stuck to your clothes? And you really have to pry it off. It hurts, you know. It was a clawed, black, round thing, and it got removed. Taylor had a, a picture and a vision. We're, we, God's giving us visions these days, people. He's, we're hearing his voice. We're getting dreams. This is the time of acceleration for those things in the spirit. Praise God. So anyway, I got, talk about a deliverance, a cutting off. I, I was like, God, that's so cool. I love that healing that you just did for me. So repentance is really, really important. Um, you got to trust Holy Spirit's got this. You know, you've got to go to him and give, this, give him this stuff so that we can walk in excellence of soul, so that we can prosper. Because when we prosper, everything comes into order. We, become to, we begin to walk in good health um, uh, and excellence of soul. And that's so key. So, so in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 2, Paul said, we have renounced the hidden things of darkness in our lives. And that's our third word is renounced. And this is important uh, key uh, because it brings about in our lives a resolve to forsake sin, to forsake darkness. And to renounce means to declare or decide that one will no longer adhere to a belief or a position to decide or declare that one will no longer engage in a practice, and to disclaim one's association with an allegiance to a government, for example. And so we're talking about renouncing hidden things. They may even be things that have been buried in our lives for a long time. Only Holy Spirit can bring these up. But once he points it out, it's important to take a step and just say, you know what, I renounce all ties with this thing. I renounce my allegiance to the kingdom of darkness and uh, everything that uh, comes with it. Um, and uh, it just uh, is a way to hear ourselves declare before, uh, before God and before heaven that we're switching allegiance now. We're renouncing what we previously allowed to come into our lives, we're leaving that behind. Anything um, on that? Okay, yeah. So, um, okay, so we have, I, I have to go back. I really feel this is important. We have to go back for a second, honey. I'm sorry. We repent Where's for ourselves. Where's the rocking chair? Oh, stop. So, okay, but we also do it corporately. And, and I want to share with you that. We know Christ has atoned for our sins once and for all on the cross. We recognize that there's uh, consequences for our sins. And we know that confession of our sin is good for our soul. And that is good for ourselves. It will be enough. It will suffice. But there is a public confession that's made between God's pub, uh, uh, gathered people where this binds believers in fellowship. It's so important. And I'll show you a couple things. Uh, we're one body. So some say, okay, I didn't commit those sins. But going back to what 
my situation was that I didn't, those things came against me. I was wounded in my soul by what happened in that scenario that I replayed. And so that can happen in, even in the church. And so we, this is a powerful way to walk in developing our love for one another. Because the greatest thing you could do for one another is to pray for them. So anyway, we, um, okay, I didn't commit those sins, but, but why do I need to confess them? Well, our participation isn't direct, but we might be com uh, com complicit in turning a blind eye to it. Two, it is good for our soul's nurture. It can help to keep us from moving towards such a sin. Three, it's, we find solidarity within our brothers and sisters um, in Christ. We're one body. Scripture tells us that the sins of our forefathers are visited upon us, which means in some way that we bear the burdens of such sins. Um, so with patience, we um, know that we're being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's Ezra in the Old Testament, just for a couple examples. Ezra was a um, scribe and a priest. And he told the people, you know, thus and so, let's do this and that. And he got report that um, in chapter 9, if you want to read it, um, there was all this sin in the camp. They hadn't separated themselves. They hadn't consecrated themselves. And Ezra's like, what? He went to the Lord, and he's like tearing his clothes, pulling out his hair, going, God, I can't even lift my head. I can't even believe the sins that I have committed. He takes all this sin on time and time again. He prays repeatedly for the people, but takes it on himself. And Jesus, what Jesus does in um, the, the New Testament is he goes to John the Baptist, and he says, I want to be baptized. Oh, John's like, I baptize in, you know, from forgiveness of sins. Here's Jesus. What? John's like, you, it cannot be. You know, you are the one with no sin. He says, I must. Why? Because I, he identified with our sins, and he took on those sins and was baptized. So we do that for one another in love. See, we're, we're the pattern of these these things it's the great you know we have the greatest people in this church we have the the stature group that have carried the lord they have wisdoms and 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 um strengths that are glorious we have the younger that are just full of passion and fire and we have the youth that are just so innocent and and joyful and i mean we can glean from one another there's no reason that we can't be knowing and embracing this kind of love laid down life for one another where there's just intercessory prayer going on in our homes and in in our hearts and in our church you know for one another so um we we begin as we recognize and we repent to hear clearer the wounds of our souls begin to get healed um Anything that's been uh, abusive in our hearts or rejections begin to get recognized and healed and forgiven. Um, um, so I want to talk about renounce because that's what John did, <laughs> right, honey? Cool. Okay. So renouncing. Um, we renounce no, no, anything we... in our life that's not brought to light. Ah, mm. you know, we don't want it brought to light, but we renounce it. It's a state of sin before a holy God. It's the hidden things of dishonesty when we're, but like again, I said, when we're with him, when we're poured out, we're getting um, real. 
with God. We're taking that time to get real with God. I heard a song this week about healing river. The river is the river of God. We can only go as far as we want to go. And the river is there. So you can wade in the river and sprinkle your toes and kick around in the water of God and walk out and go have lunch. And, or in your home or whatever. Or you can wade in a little bit deeper and deeper and you can, guess what, get to your knees. What happens on your knees? This is a place where everything bows. There's one name, Jesus. There's a humility on your knees. You're in the river of God. This is where you begin to see the miraculous. So this, this renouncing is a submission to God through a, uh, the word of God. Um, this is what God showed me as well. There was a Holy Spirit rhema word given to me. I was sick and I was scared and I was watching um, Copeland and Copeland said, I we have to get a rhema word. And I thought, what a cool idea. So he got the rhema word and then I got a rhema word and then all day long, all afternoon and evening, I took that word for myself and I walked in my healing just as Taylor shared today. He got a rhema word and got a deliverance and a healing. And so that's really powerful when you look to the Lord, not the, not the circumstances, not the sickness or the weakness or the lack, not the withered tree, but you go to God. It's a choice. So we use the powerful name of, the blood of Jesus, the powerful blood of the, of the Lamb, and the cross. And we apply those things into our situations and, and uh, renounce the things that are coming against us. We stand against us with, with our mouth. We dance, we worship, we, we get on our knees, we proclaim. We do this in holiness. This is our warfare. Amen. So the next door, we recognize, we repent, we renounce. The next word the Lord gave us was resist. And we get that from James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many knows the devil is always after uh, stealing what God has done in our lives? He's, uh, he's trying to keep us out of holiness, out of sanctification, out of receiving everything that God has for us. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, uh, Be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfastly in the faith. And so we resist. How do we resist him? By the word of God. If you remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he spoke the word of God against him. And uh, there's a lot of things. You know, when I first became a believer, there was a lot of things. The church was starting to wake up to you know, resisting the devil and spiritual warfare and things like that. And everybody was talking about binding and loosing. And, you know, there started to be confusion. Do you bind them? Some people said you bind them in that situation. Others said, no, you loose them off that situation. I'm thinking, you know, come on, let's get on with this. Do you bind them and loose them? Or should we grind them and juice them? Or <laughs> why, why don't we find them and goose them or something, you know? But... <laughs> You know, and back in that day, everything was a spirit. You know, there was a spirit of everything. They're binding this and binding that. I was at a Bible study. I was a new believer, and uh, this gal came in, and she says, yeah, I had to bind the spirit of Twinkies last week at the grocery store. She goes, she goes yeah, I was at the store, and that voice was calling me, you know, to get them Twinkies. I'm thinking, whoa, that's crazy, man. Well, let's, let's keep going. Let's bind that spirit of uh, ho-hos. And... Uh, 
They get after the spirit of chocolate cupcakes, and then, uh, of course, you got to find the ruling spirit in that uh, d dessert section at that store. It's got to be the spirit of, what, banana cream pie or something? <laughs> I mean, binding and loosing is a real thing, but back in the day, things got really crazy with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So anyway, we need to, uh, it's, it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So if we sense the enemies working in our life, you know what? We have to resist them. And when we pray in a little bit, if you're here today and you sense the enemy has been oppressing you or uh, harassing you or whatever it may be, we're going to pray and that will be broken off of your life. Just remembering that he fills us. We're the temple. He fills us, and we decide to choose to make room for him. Glory to glory. We're overcomers. You know, um, we're filled. Glory to glory. And we begin to overflow with his love, selflessly. We really do. So we just choose to glorify him and magnify him. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the greatest name, you know. Um, you, have to, you have to put on your warfare, you know. It's a, it's a joyful place to be. You know, one thing I do want to say, when I was expecting my firstborn, I remember very clearly looking out the window and telling God D, the D word. I won't say it. Discipline. Discipline. I didn't like that word. I didn't know what discipline was. I, it's only after 40 years of walking with the Lord I start to embrace it. Can you believe that? The discipline of the Lord is such a sweet thing to have. He begins to prune the tree unto fruitfulness. He begins to identify the things in our, and highlight. Little lights go on and, and highlight the areas of our hearts. Because out of our heart comes out of our mouth. This is where our faith and unbelief are keep locked into, you know. So I, um, um, the other thing I, I wanted to re remind you is that we talk about the, the joy of the Lord being our strength. It's, it's the joy of knowing his love for you that builds a strength in you. This is the greatest thing. Mm -hmm. But you cannot have that without presence, recognizing that you need him and, and, and getting real with him and letting him fill you. You've got to be in that place of intimacy. Um, got to know him and his love for us. Amen. So we uh, recognize, we repent, we renounce, we resist. And then the fifth thing that helps is to reclaim. You know, Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. And sometimes through our disobedience or our ignorance or whatever, we've given him a place in our lives. Most of the time in our thoughts, in our mindsets, in our attitudes, in our beliefs. And sometimes he's had this place, almost like he's he set up camp in a certain area of our lives. And we're many times we're not even uh, aware of it. But once that's exposed and once we resist him, we need to reclaim that. We need to take that back. You know, these are just steps that uh, we're going to pray in a, in a few minutes here and just kind of um, generally pray together. But these are tools that when we're with the Lord, we can say, Lord, 
where is there? Is there an area in my life where I've allowed the enemy to set up camp, where he kind of operates still? Because I want to take that back. I want to give that back to you. Uh, mindsets, beliefs, especially about uh, attitudes and ideas about ourselves. You know, many times we're believing lies about ourselves. The enemy has uh, built structures uh, in a certain place in our heart where we're believing lies about ourselves. So we want to dismantle that. We want to reclaim that area for uh, the kingdom of God. Yeah. And then Tuesday night, I just wanted to emphasize on this reclaiming. In Firehouse Prayer, God ministered to our hearts about authority, the authority that Christ paid the price to give us. We have all authority. And so what do I do with, I mean, I was a mess. What do I do with the authority given me? It's like water going through my fingers. I never held on to it. I never really fully embraced it. It's mine. He went to the cross and shed his blood for me to have all authority. This is me reclaiming, you know. Um, we take back what the enemy's taken. We have been influenced and, and pressured into this society and culture to become like. But you know what? I am made to be the glory of God. I am, that is what he's taken from me. The enemy has taken the fullness of the Godhead out of my life to manifest in the earth, to be poured out. This isn't good. This is what we do. We reclaim and get that back. We say, I'm going to take that glory back. You know, I want the presence of God back in my life. This is a place where we want to remain, dwell, and abide in. You know, it's the promise of God. So we recognize, we repent, we renounce, we resist, we reclaim. And then what she's been talking about is the last R, we replace. We replace what he had sown there. We replace what lies or deceptions or whatever was there. We replace it with the Word of God, and we begin to build something new now, that glorious temple of the Word of God dwelling within us that uh, lives and abides within us. Um, remember the story about where the, they cast the devil? Uh, the devil? Jesus was talking about the devil went out of the house, and they set it all in order, and then that spirit was roaming through the dry places, and he came back, and he saw the house all fixed up and everything, but there wasn't any new occupancy there. And so the Bible says he brought seven more spirits that were more wicked than himself. Remember that story? So that's a, a principle that, okay, we're, we're sanctifying ourselves and we're repenting and renouncing and all that, but we have to be proactive then and say, Lord, replace that within me then. Replace your, uh, with your word, with your presence, with your thoughts, your beliefs, all of that. Amen. Let me just say one thing, honey. Yeah, it takes me back to when we go to knowing him, knowing God. God woke me up one morning a year ago, and he said, go down and write down 51 names. 51. No, 50, he said. 50 names of God. And I thought, oh, okay, quick to obey. Oh, boy, that was not easy. It wasn't. 50 names of in the, of the character and the nature of who God is. <sighs> you know what? When we stay looking at God, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He, I mean, I've got him. I, I, it's a treasure to me. I wrote 51 because he told me 50. He's <laughs> just a sass. But anyway, I loved, I got going. Once I got going, I couldn't stop. It was so fun. It was glorious to see him for who he is. This is the God 
that he wants to be in us. He wants to be known. This is how we grow strong. We grow strong face to face. We become like him. Huh? Amen. So the Bible says, guard your heart diligently. Out of it flow the issues of life. So there's many different areas. Uh, hopefully the Lord may be speaking or highlighting something to your heart today that you're like, you know, I want to get rid of that. I want to repent of that. I want to sanctify myself so that the Lord can do great and mighty things in my life. I know as we were preparing this message, you know, many things came to us. I mean, the one thing that stood out for me was that lukewarmness and, um, you know, not having that passion and fervency. Uh, but there could be other things. It could be doubt and unbelief. Uh, I know with the, with the healing service, I know many times it's difficult because people come up and they've been prayed for and maybe they don't receive that manifestation. And so they go get back and uh, it's almost like a, it's real subtle, but like a doubt and unbelief starts to come on. Like, well, what's yeah. the use? I've been prayed before. And, yeah. you know, sometimes a hopelessness then yeah. can start to set in. A big key, we talked about this this morning in our prayer time, uh, was any kind of unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, anger toward other people. That can cut off uh, God's working in our life, especially in the area of healing. You know, we've heard about toxic emotions. Well, that stuff pollutes our system and breaks down cells in our body. So any kind of unforgiveness or resentment, we want to get rid of that uh, today. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, this is a supernatural spirit thing. This is what God does. This is his business. We love him, and he comes in and helps us with these things. He reveals these things. He gets the glory and the praise. You know, that's why you embrace the pruning and the discipline of the Lord. I didn't know I could do that. I was afraid of it. I wouldn't even say the word, you know. But you've got doubt and unbelief in every realm and area of our lives, small and great, whatever feeling hopeless. There's uncleanliness, impurities in any way that you can imagine. Idolatries, whether they be modern or not of the day. Uh, materialism, mammon. Every kind of and various form that they could come in. Study it out. Take a word and work it. Take some time to work one of those words. It's, it's crazy. You've got gossip and dishonest gain. You have resentments and greeds. I should say me. Unforgiveness, bitterness. You know, at the core, let me say this. All of it involves self. Can that even be? We're spirit-filled Christian believers and I might have a portion of this or a place that God wants to highlight and he's saying this has got to go it's not of me it's of you that that's a part I want you to want to deal with you know so but thank God for the blood of Jesus amen so I'd like us all to stand and I'd like to lead us in a prayer and uh we'd I'd like us all to pray this together uh as we go uh Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus we come to you today, today. with thanksgiving and gratitude for the goodness and mercy and love that you show us. Thank you so much for bringing into our lives the wisdom and truth and correction that will strengthen us and cause us to overcome in every area of our lives. 
we recognize there may be areas where we fall short. And we humble ourselves this day before you and ask for your forgiveness and mercy. We repent, especially for the times when we're lukewarm and complacent and apathetic in our relationship with you, not having the passion and fervency we once had when we first fell in love with you. We renounce that attitude in our lives. And from this day forward, we resist every attempt of the enemy to hold us back from being passionate worshipers and followers of you. We reclaim our inheritance as kings and priests who offer you the sacrifice of praise as a fruit of our lips, that our lives may be dedicated to advancing your kingdom in the earth. And by the help of Holy Spirit, we now replace that lukewarm attitude with a new zeal and new strength and a new passion in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. And every distraction, deception, distortion, accusing voice, judging others and ourselves, comparing, complaining, it all must bow in the name of Jesus right now. And I decree that we all will lose interest in anything that is not of you, God, for you and your desires to be intensely stirred up in us and that your desires and your plans, your thoughts and your purpose of God concerning us burn like fire on the inside of us that can never be contained or put out. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout. Yeah.